0: Welcome to the Habibi Life Podcast, where we share practical advice to help you live an abundant life. Our goal is to help you fall in love with yourself by providing information and inspiration to help you reach your highest and your healthiest potential. This is episode 14, Getting Real About Gastric Bypass. For the first time, we are branching out to share stories in real time, from people who have walked through a specific experience. In this episode, we talk about the choice to have gastric bypass surgery, the experience of the surgery itself, and what it means to truly transform your body and your life with the help of this surgery. Tanya was gracious enough to talk to us about her experience. Tanya is my family and my friend. And I applaud her courage and her honesty, especially when I started with the toughest and most obvious question.
1: Why did you decide to get gastric bypass? So that question. Um, You know, I, I feel like that we reach a point where we have to make a decision for how to live our lives that's going to satisfy us and not everybody else i stepped on the scale december 28th 2020 was it 2020 no 2021 and i was at my then highest weight loss or weight and it was irritating to me that i allowed myself to get to that weight i immediately the same day started um swimming and I would go swimming five days a week, 45 minutes a day. I was exercising, like walking, doing weights. I totally changed up the way that I approached food. And by June, 2020, what year is this? 23, 22, sorry. (laughs) By June, 2022, I didn't see enough of a difference. It wasn't like I expected like here I am putting in all this work, and I'm paying attention to what I'm putting into my body, but I'm not seeing the results that I want and so, I to,
0: so this was from December
1: to June to so this June. is over a six month period correct, okay, and I walked into my primary care um doctor, and I said to him, I want that referral' He didn't ask any questions. We didn't have a conversation about it. He set up a referral. The reason there was no conversation, because when I say that to people, they always look at me sideways. So a few years back, my daughter was playing, toying with the idea of having the procedure. And we went through the process. We started the process. And she decided at that point, no, because this is pretty permanent. Let's try diet and exercise and see if that makes a difference. And I was like, okay, fine. We told him that we're going to step back. We're going to try to do this on our own. We're not going to go the surgical route. So by the time I came back around to the topic and he was looking at my weight, he knew he had to know, you know, okay, she's over it and she's ready to move on. So having that conversation with him was easy. Having that conversation with other people wasn't so easy but i made that decision because i didn't like the results that i was not getting with just diet and exercise and i felt like i needed a jump start do you
0: think that your experience helps dispel the myth that oh if you just follow these steps you too can be successful because that's what's sold in in diet culture that if you just eat this amount of calories or you just do this amount of exercise you will see results and if you don't see results then there's something wrong with you. You did it wrong.
1: No, I absolutely positively do not feed into that um, philosophy. Okay. And I don't feed into it because I think that everybody is built different. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, let's be honest. Everybody's body, everybody's mindset, all of that is different. So you can't tell me that what works for the masses is automatically going to work for me. And I'm a part of the masses. I'm not. I'm my own person. I'm an. I'm an individual, and my body reacts to stuff differently than your body does.
0: One hundred
1: percent agree. I need to figure out what's going to work for me. And I figured that you know maybe I needed, like I said, a jump start to do something different.
0: (laughs) I love that you said that, though. I love that you stand firm in. I'm not going to feed into a philosophy that, for better or worse, has made an industry billions of dollars. We have been sold a bill of goods that if this works, it works for everybody. Not who you are and and what your lifestyle is like and what your genetic makeup is like, but this this is just the thing, right? Eat X amount of calories, do this many jumping jacks, do this many sit-ups, and you too will have an amazing body. And that has been sold to us over generations. We are just getting to the point where even mainstream programs are starting to personalize, are starting to make things individual because there's now a public admission that mass-producing diet culture is not successful. It's not a thing that people are even interested in in feeding into. So kudos to you for stepping away from that, (laughs) from the jump and being like, I don't care what y'all say, I don't buy
1: it. I think think that's wonderful. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I, You know, I don't think that I have... What's the word that I'm looking for? I don't think that I could actually focus on a quote-unquote diet. So somebody close to me does not like that word, and I won't say any names or anything (laughs) like that. But I've learned not to use the word diet because okay is it really a diet or are you making a lifestyle change are you making a change for the betterment of yourself and is it just restricted to food Mm -hmm. it to me is gotten to the point where it's everything that I put into my body no matter if it's food if it's liquid you know if it's nutritional if it's junk I stop and I pay attention to that stuff so yeah, the whole quote-unquote diet thing. Yeah, no, I couldn't do that. <laughs>
0: Congratulations! I love this so much. This is great. This is great yes. because often I find myself screaming from the rooftops. Stop counting calories. It's no, I can't do that. The whole food—that's the problem, right?
1: Right. So I, I, I love that,
0: that you started out the gate like, yeah, we're not, we're not even, we're not counting calories and doing twenty jumping jacks and fourteen squats and then saying, okay, and we're done. Right?
1: (laughs) No, no, no.
0: (laughs) So tell me tell me about the procedure. What was the actual procedure like?
1: So the actual procedure afterwards was painful, like obviously, because you know they cut on your body. They put air in your abdomen, they blow it up and do their work like under a tent, using your stomach and your skin to do that. Um So afterwards, figuring out how to eat, how to drink, well, how to drink in the hospital was quite a chore because you have to get this amount of grams of protein in your system before you can be discharged. You have to push this amount of ounces before you can go home. We need to see that you can do this. Um dude, you just literally traumatized <laughs> the inside of my body and now you are expecting me you're expecting me to work miracles and push what you need to see into my system. Not going to happen. Would you say so that it was, it was quite thorough, interesting? Though? Um, trying to figure out how to do that so the staff at the hospital the doctors they were really really awesome because it got to the point where I said okay I need my body to heal a little bit more before I can do what you want me to do but Mm -hmm. I'll continue to work on it Mm -hmm. if you allow me the opportunity to work on it I will get to where you need me to be but I got to do this in my own pace
0: so were you able to leave the hospital before you
1: hit their numbers? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> that was my <laughs> Yes. I definitely would not have been out of the hospital when I was. If I had to seriously get to where they needed, where they were looking for what they were looking for. I could not do it. It was days and days later before I reached that point. And, but when I reached it, I was happy. I was excited. Like, oh my god, my body healed just a little bit more. Okay. So every time I was able to take in a little more, I knew that inside it was doing what it was supposed to do. So initially was it difficult
0: to drink? Yes. Okay. Did it what did that feel like? Was it hard just to swallow or did you feel full immediately? <laughs>
1: I'm poking so, around. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. It's funny to me because to to this day, it was October of 2021 that I had it. Was it October 20? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. So it's been a year, a little over a year now. October 18th, 2021 is when I had the procedure. And... I, to this day, have difficulty taking in large amounts of liquids. Mm. I get laughed at by my mom and my daughter because of the way that I drink. And my son, too, now that I'm thinking about it. Because I hold it, I will take a big sip of something. Because that's what I've done for 51 years, you know, 52 years. I have been able to drink and eat the way that I want to. But now I have to slow down. I have to take smaller bites. I have to take smaller sips. I have to pay attention to how much I'm putting into my system. But taking a sip of water, I have not learned how to do that yet. Hmm. So I and I think it's all psychological for real. In my head, I won't drink a lot, but then I'll hold it in my mouth and like micro sips (laughs) once it's in my mouth before I release it because I'm afraid I'm going to choke or I'm afraid it's going to go down too fast and I'm going to get sick because I got too much in my system too quickly Mm, okay because the surgery I mean you literally have to change your mindset about everything and once you change your mindset about it it gets easier, but it's still work because you can't forget what it is that you need to do or can't do or how to do it. If that makes sense, so you have to be does. mindful of it.
0: It's so it's been a little over a year. How long would you say it took you to not have to physically think about what you consumed before you, so in your recovery of, before things were kind of like, like you said, you ate what you wanted, you drank what you wanted. How long do you think it took to say, wait, let me look at this. Let me think about what this, what this is going to do when I put it in my body. What was that like in the, the
1: days or weeks or months following the procedure? Oh, I'm still like that. Okay. I still pay attention to that. I still know I've gotten, I've gotten better. <laughs> And okay. some people probably will be like, oh, she's doing it too much. I don't think I do enough sometimes as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. I, but I pay attention to, oh, you know what? I used to love me some macaroni and cheese. Oh, my God. It was so good. Now, mm, let me have just a little bit of that, you know, one or two noodles. Mm. You know, not that much because it upsets my stomach sometimes. Okay. And I don't want to feel that way. I used okay. to love Ben and Jerry's chocolate fudge brownie ice cream. L- ice cream so fanatic. Specific. Very specific. Ben and Jerry's yes. chocolate fudge.
0: And I'm just saying. Yes. Very specific.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but now ice cream? Um, I don't want any ice cream. And if I say, okay, yes, I want some ice cream. I might get A spoonful of ice cream. That's it. That's all. Because I don't like the way it makes my body feel. All that sugar Mm. is not a good feeling. So I pay attention still to what I put into my system. In the very beginning, my mom had these little custard dishes um, with Liz. Little glass uh, custard dishes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Perfect size for a serving of whatever it was I was supposed to consume in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some soup or some broth in my head, it's just liquid. It should be fine. I could not even get one of those custard dishes down. Mm. And I wouldn't try to get it down because I didn't want to feel sick. I didn't want to throw up. I didn't want to have any pain. I didn't want to have to run to the bathroom. So I still was very mindful of how much of that small amount I put into my system.
0: So you said something interesting about, I don't want to put this into my body because all of that sugar. So what that sounds like to me is an awareness beyond just the volume of a thing. You also care about, What the thing is made up of, which is not always the case, right? Sometimes people just think smaller portions. I just eat, I'll just Mm -hmm. eat less of this. But you literally said, I don't, all that sugar, I don't want all that sugar in my body. Where did that awareness come from? How did you start to think (laughs) that way in terms of how you feel when you put
1: these things in your body? So getting ready for the surgery, I knew that there were going to be some changes that I was going to have to make after the surgery in order for it to, for me to be a success. Mm -hmm. So they tell you, you can't chew gum. You got to get rid of sugar, no carbonated drinks. Mm, They tell you after the surgery, you're going to need to say no to that stuff. Otherwise you're going to have problems. So before the surgery happened, I started playing around with sugar substitutes Mm -hmm. because I wasn't really quite ready to walk away from sweet stuff or in my mind, sweet stuff. So I played with the sweet and low or the um, equal or whatever the other one is. Mm -hmm. I toyed around with those. I ran out of real sugar one day and I was in the store with my mom and I picked up a really small bag of sugar. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she said, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm having surgery in a couple of months. I don't need a five pound bag of sugar. Like I need to get rid of what I, I don't need to get stuck in having this in my house because I'm not going to use it. Mm-hmm. So I started mentally changing the way that I was sweeten, um coffee or tea or oatmeal or cream of wheat. I started trying to figure out different ways that were still acceptable or still good to me. Mm-hmm. And I started steering away physically from sugar before the surgery so that it would not be a system shock when the surgery came.
0: Okay. That is kudos. I mean, that is, that's amazing. I've, I've dealt <laughs> with a few people who've had the surgery and this is not, these are not the conversations. These are not the conversations that were, they were very much centered around caloric count. Like I can have a very small bag of chips. I can have a handful of Cheetos. I can have like an ounce of Coke soda, not the drug, (laughs) you know, it was one of, and I would think, okay, well, you know, I'm not a doctor, so what am I going to say? To something like that, but mm-hmm. to hear you say, nope, they told me these are things you need to deal with. And the fact that you went through with it, I mean, again, this is, this is really satisfying to hear because it means not only did you take your doctor's advice, yay, um, but it also means that you started making changes from the inside out
1: mm-hmm. instead and of it- just looking at the number right and it definitely was not a number thing for me because i i'm horrible about counting calories like i would not even know where to begin with counting a calorie like what no <laughs> <laughs> you have an ice cube okay that's one calorie what i don't know how much of a calorie it is not interested now what right. i did pay attention to was protein yeah. i i will google up something in a heartbeat to see how much protein does that contain okay oh you want to scramble egg today no cheese how much protein is in that how beneficial is that going to be to you and what your daily goal is supposed to be at this point in time in your life what's your daily goal so i'm supposed to consume 60 to 80 grams of protein a day okay sometimes that's difficult for me Sometimes it's pretty easy. If I'm on the road, on the highway, I pay attention to what, like you go in the gas station. It's not physically impossible to not plan ahead and have stuff with you to do what you need to do. Like you can have the protein shakes at your disposal, but they don't really travel that well. Okay. In my opinion. (laughs) Okay. Like I did, I took protein shakes with me one time um, going out of town and I I kept them in uh, one of the insulated bags. But Mm -hmm. to me, knowing that it had been out of the refrigerator for X amount of hours, mentally messed with my head. And I threw it up. Oh, wow. Okay. I I had to pay attention to that kind of stuff. Because I know that my head can play games with me. So I will prep. And my mom laughs at me about this, too. Because in the beginning, I had all these little snack bags going where I would. And I still do it (laughs) randomly. We'll still put snacks together so that. It's the perfect amount. Like, I have Mm -hmm. my fruits. I have mixed berries. Or I will peel an orange and, you know, separate it and all that and have that in a snack bag. I'll have a banana where I can just grab it and go. So, I have in my head a way to make sure that I don't get too hungry. Because that was a mistake I made in the beginning. (laughs) Oh, you went too low. I would go too long. And then... Because I was still trying to figure things out, Mm -hmm. if you go too long without meals, then you find yourself eating quickly to satisfy that hunger feeling. And putting all of that into your body quickly will only make it sit somewhere between your mouth and your stomach. Oh, no. (laughs) And eventually come back out through your mouth because you pushed it too quickly. Did that one too many times and I stopped. It truly is a process. It's so much of a learning. And it's the learning curve on it is, again, to each person. Mm -hmm. So my daughter, she threw up ridiculous amounts. Mm. she didn't like to listen she's younger so (laughs) she has her own way i do what i want mommy (laughs) pretty much (laughs) Uh, sweetie let your body heal a little bit more before you do that i promise you once your body heals it'll get easier cannot say that part enough (laughs) you have to allow your insides to heal because it has truly been traumatized so I had a horrible fat habit of when I got ready to eat, I would lay across my bed and watch TV and I would eat while I was laying on my side. Mm, Okay. I tried that one day after the surgery. I don't do that anymore, but I tried that one day after the surgery. And again, the one thing I keep saying is your insides have been traumatized. So you cannot, do the same things you used to do and think that you're going to have the same Mm -hmm. (laughs) non-results not going to happen. So your body literally trained your mind. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because one day of laying across the bed, trying to eat something and getting two bites down and jumping up and running to go throw it back up. Wow. Taught me. No, you probably need to sit up Mm. and eat oh, not that that's not a bad practice in the first place. Should have been doing that. Probably (laughs) how you got to where you were, these bad eating habits is more to what you're putting in is sometimes your behavior Mm -hmm. that adds to where you are. And I've found myself picking apart choices that I've made literally all my life. Wow. Wow. Literally after the surgery, when I still couldn't eat, I can remember after I got out of the hospital, I don't know where I went and we, I was riding in the car with my daughter and we went past Kentucky Fried Chicken and the drive I didn't want it. Anything that I'm about to name, I didn't want, but it made me think of the mindset. We drove past Kentucky Fried Chicken and the drive-through line was to the street. And I was like, wow, that many people want chicken today. Oh, okay. I mean, like, go home and cook. But I could have been in that line once upon a time. Mm. I can't be in the line now. But, hmm, why are all these people eating out? Get to the next light, and it's a rallies to my right, which is, for those of you who don't know, a little hamburger stand, kind of like Checkers or Zip's. I don't know the other option to compare it to, either. but <laughs> it's, a, it's a fast
0: food chain. It's a fast food chain, <laughs> yes.
1: And the line, and they have windows on both sides of the buildings. And the line was ridiculous on both sides. This is the same car ride. Again, wow. in my head, I'm going, why are these this many people getting fast food? What the heck? I go less than a block and there's a church's chicken on my left and it's cars everywhere. People jam packed in there getting food. And I was like, stop it. You're jealous because you can't have any of this and everything is getting your attention. But I said, no, it's not that. We have a mindset that this is okay. And we don't stop to think about just how much unhealthy Stuff we're putting into our bodies while we're making these choices. Mm -hmm. But now I have to think about that kind of stuff. Like, all right, Tanya, you want to go to churches? You want to go to KOC? How is that going to affect you when you get finished? Mm -hmm. How much of that can you actually get down? Do you really need a two-piece meal? Or could you get a kid's meal? Mm So, when you start talking kids' meal to adults, that is the most hilarious conversation you can have (laughs) because that won't fill me up. That's not enough. Why would I put that small of a portion in my mouth? Mm -hmm. I mean, other than the fact that it would fill you up, why not? I think, too, when you're talking about the drive home, and
0: just people lined up around the block. We have built convenience into Mm -hmm. such a primary act, a thing that is so personal, putting food into our bodies. We've built convenience into this act to the point where we have cultivated unconsciousness. People are completely unconscious about this. You're having conversations with yourself and saying, okay, if I eat this thing, how will I feel? A lot of people don't have that conversation. It's just, I want immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to cook. I don't have to clean, right? Cause I can just throw the packages mm-hmm. in the trash. So all of that thought process is taken out of the equation. And the next thing you know, you're in a line around the corner to get a chicken sandwich or right. whatever. Whatever the right. thing is, because I'm hungry, <sighs> hungry, need food. Let me go get in line somewhere and have someone make the food for me.
1: Mm-hmm. That goes back to those prepared snacks. Remember yep. I said, mm-hmm. taking snacks, goes back to that. <laughs> yeah. It's, that
0: is a very, very challenging thing to step away from because we're talking generations of conditions. Yes. We yes. are not we're not new to fast food. Fast food was in our parents' era. So we came up at a time where if you're hungry, especially because there's a fast food restaurant on every corner, so if you're hungry, just make a right into the drive-through. Not a big deal, right? Pay yes. however it is you're however much it is you're going to pay and boom, food. What's to mm-hmm. worry about? Nothing. Get home, you can eat it on the way home, throw the stuff in the trash, go on about your life. Yep, making because. that change is insane, and and the fact that your body was like, "You can do this if you want to, but we're gonna throw up."
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can put it in, but
0: I promise you, I'm gonna put it out
1: along the right. way. Go
0: ahead, try. Right. It. <laughs> I love that it was the body that taught the mind, and not the mind that taught the body. Um, even separating those things, people don't always like to separate those things, but. It was just—it's just very interesting that you're like your your brain is like you know I want this thing, body's like all right, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's try if you want to.
1: Right, right. go ahead, <laughs> take a bite. <laughs> I mean, and you know what holiday? Chris was it Christmas or Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, I think. As I stood in um, the kitchen to get my food for Thanksgiving this year or last year. My feelings were so hurt. Don't know why. I don't know where it came from. And it wasn't like I would have eaten like ridiculous before. But Mm -hmm. I couldn't have a plate of food. I got a plate. I put a spoonful of a few things, excuse me, of a few things on my plate. And then it took me forever to get that down. Mm. So I was like, it is no sense in you pushing this because you don't need it. You You don't need to put all of this into your body and you got just the amounts that you need and you'll be fine. Chill out. Don't look at it. Like you're starting to look at it because remember why you made the decisions that you made. Right. So, I mean, it's, I tell people all the time, it's a process. Definitely a process. Has, have I felt changes since then? Most definitely. Okay. My blood pressure is good. Um, I used to snore like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Nope, don't do that anymore. The knucklehead has to actually come and look at me to see if I'm asleep. The knucklehead instead. is her
0: daughter, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well yeah that part <laughs> so rather than you know walking past my room and saying oh she's asleep she doesn't know that anymore and i'm like oh, oh wow. my god
0: <laughs> i have
1: come a long way you know this is so much of a help health wise in my opinion your body definitely makes some changes for you so
0: All of this is very physical, what we're talking about, right? The not snoring, Mm -hmm. the numbers coming down, the learning how to feed yourself. How do you feel emotionally?
1: So I absolutely love the decision that I made. Totally excited about it. I am excited about the numbers of my weight, (laughs) being lower than it has been in years i'm excited that i physically look different to me that mentally makes me feel better because the way i was looking the way i was feeling was definitely weighing on me mentally And it wasn't until I had to have an honest conversation with myself before I made that decision that I knew I needed to do something different because I was not happy. I was getting depressed and things were just like all out of whack. Don't have those feelings anymore. I'm totally at ease. I'm at peace and I'm happy with who I am now. I love that. And
0: and we established in the beginning that this is this is anecdotal, right? This is your journey. This is a decision that you made for yourself, not for anyone else. Exactly. Um, I was very curious about if there was a shift emotionally for you. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that because it's very personal,
1: right? It <laughs> to is. Say something like that out loud. <laughs> it is. I had during this process before the surgery was the conversation I had to have with my mom. So when the people around you, you already know, or you think you know, I'm going to say you think you know, the way that they are going to react when you tell them, hey, I'm going to have a weight loss surgery. I feel as though I've gained so much weight, I've gotten so big that I need to have surgery. To lose it. Then you have those people that don't have a clue what they're talking about. And we'll say that's the easy way out. Mm. Please understand. They are clueless about the actual process. Nothing easy about this. Really appreciate you saying that out loud. I needed to say that out loud. I cannot say that enough. This is not... By any stretch of the imagination, by any means, an easy way out. This will make you work harder than doing it any other way. You get the benefits, you get the changes where you can see them and other people can see them and you can see the not changes in your numbers, true enough. But there are those other changes. That you cannot see. That the average person cannot see. But you can feel them. Mm-hmm. You know it's happening. And you know it's something that you need to address. Right. But you got to work on it. or For it to change. So I mean. The whole thing you have to. I can remember talking to you. When I decided to tell you. When I decided. Okay it's time for me and Shahada to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Lord, how is she going to react to me? Is she going to fuss at me? Is her husband going to say something crazy? How is this about to go down? And the reaction that I got from you all was definitely that of we're familiar. We understand. And no, it's not easy. You going already have to put it in work. So it was confirmation to me that there was an understanding and I knew I had support. Because you knew what I was about to go through. Right. Instead of me having to explain, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, why. Because I had to explain to several people close to me. um, Because I didn't tell a lot of people in the beginning when I made my mind up before the surgery Mm -hmm. I was selective with the people that I told and the reason that I was as selective as I was I was doing this for me I had looked in the mirror one too many times I saw a picture that somebody took of me from the side one too many times and I was not satisfied with what I was seeing or how I was feeling To come up three flights of steps because we live on the third floor and not be able to breathe when I get here. Oh, let me sit down for a minute and catch my breath. What? No, you shouldn't have to do that. So I made that decision for me. Hmm. And I knew that I could not tell other people for them to be a part of the decision making process or think that they were going to be a part of the decision making process or that their opinion would matter. Mm -hmm. not meant in a disrespectful manner or a mean manner by any means but this was something that tanya had to do for tanya right and anybody else had to fall in place so i don't know i mean i i think that i am in a very good place right now And it comes through because I hear a lot. I have a lot of people fussing at me about how frequently I post pictures of myself, (laughs) man, whatever. But that is
0: new for you, but that's new because in the beginning you were so private about your (laughs) journey and you're just like, I am not telling my business. Everybody does not need to know what I'm doing. And I just kind of chalked it up to, you know, the kind of the kind of the way that we are i mean you're 51 i'm 49 we just don't tell our business like that like we weren't right to tell our business like that and so when i asked you about it you were just like um no but eventually i you went from the face selfies to the shoulder sh- selfie Then mm-hmm. we got a little bit of waist action all of a sudden <laughs> i saw a full-length selfie and i was like okay <laughs> Okay, I guess we're
1: stepping out now. (laughs) Yes. Like I walk past the mirror now and I see myself. I'm like, wait, 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 where's my phone? Wait. Let me take a picture. (laughs) 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 Let me take my picture. Uh, Yeah, no, I missed out on years of doing that. So to be able to do that again is amazing to me. Totally amazing.
0: I'm so happy
1: for you. And I'm
0: really proud of the way that you chose to approach this thing at this time, because at least in my experience, I get a lot of messages from people who are our age or sometimes even younger and they are already defeated. It's too late for me once they get past no. 40 they think it's the end of their lives and i spend a lot of time telling people oh my goodness your life literally has just started like please right. do not throw in the towel do not give up there's so much more ahead of you and there is no reason for you to think that this is your lot mm-hmm. so i love that you just you made the decision and i and i is even though it was quiet even though you started really quiet and I'm going like, to keep harping on that. Cause I couldn't believe it. I was like, she's not telling anybody anything. I'm getting a selfie of like the side of her face. I got a selfie of like a little bit of hair. <laughs> or it just would be a panel that would say, have a great day. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I know what she's doing. And she's just being all quiet and hiding behind the panels. Y'all be blessed today. Happy Tuesday. I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> it's coming. It's coming.
0: And wait, man! Now now is here. I love it when you're just like selfie Saturday. Like, deal with it. I'm taking pictures. I'm happy. I like me, and that Mm -hmm. to me is the most important part. It doesn't matter if you are acceptable or appealing to someone else. They don't have to live in your body. You need to be acceptable and loved for yourself. You have to live in your body. No one else has to live in your body, so the decisions that you make for your body ought to be respected. And if they're not, then
1: you know maybe you don't want to deal with that person anyway. Crazy, <laughs> sure that's know? the case. <laughs> it's you know I literally had no idea of how self conscious I had become. Mm. That and that is that literally says a whole lot because I think we get so caught up in what everybody else says how everybody else views things how everybody else reacts to stuff or acts about things that we don't really stop and pay attention to self so Mm -hmm. when I finally focused on how I was reacting to myself I knew it was a problem okay like oh okay I haven't taken a picture of myself in forever oh okay I don't wear clothes that aren't just really baggy or that are really you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. not that don't have a waistline like don't have any means of showing that I had a waist right at any point in time (laughs) I know you
0: had a waist I I saw your pictures as a young lady I saw those pictures I was like oh okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) right you know and I don't know when I stopped being that person like I don't know When that change took place, what I like to associate with my biggest part of my weight gain is I had a knee surgery and I was restricted physically by the doctor. You don't do this, you don't do that. And, you know, one thing after another, I had that surgery in May, the middle of May. Mm -hmm. And by the middle of June, I was on a family road trip to Chicago. We were like a caravan. And mm-hmm. I'm coughing, coughing, coughing all the way there. And I'm thinking, oh, it's just sinus drainage. No big issue. I get to the room and I'm coughing up blood and I'm like, oh, this is a problem. Oh, wow. Okay. When we get home, I'll deal with it. But again, I can't do a whole lot of movement because can't really get around go to the doctor or to the hospital when i get back i have a collapsed lung i have pneumonia wow. and still dealing with his knee healing so a lot was happening with my body and mm. because of the lung stuff they came hot and heavy with steroids okay. steroids you know will blow you up for a small dose, but the Mm -hmm. the level of doses that I was taking because of the collapsed lung, because of the pneumonia, because of my knee. I literally saw myself just go, boop, oh, when that happened, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like where does that air pump come from? Take it out now. (laughs) Wow. Again, I'm still not very mobile because from May until like October It's a long time to not be able to be doing a lot. I just continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Wow. And then it was difficult to come off of that. So I know I have an idea of when it happened, but I didn't know how to get it under control. I think I got to a lazy point where I was like, man, forget this. I'm just going to eat some stuff because I'm already fat. I'm already bigger than what I want to be. I don't care. It's not going to make a difference. Let me just keep eating. Okay. (laughs) You know, it it literally got to that point mentally. And I think that after a while, I I really started focusing and paying attention to that. And It's like, okay, little idiot, you really don't like this. Stop it. (laughs) You need to do some different stuff. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to what you're doing. So I mean I had to have a real hard conversation to get my attention, I guess you could say, to okay. make some different moves. But I did tough love. Tough. <laughs> tough love. If you are nothing else in this
0: world, you are tough. <laughs> like, <laughs> tough I, love. I believe in to tough love. <laughs> so I know that you said um this was a per this is a very personal choice. Mm-hmm. Now that you've walked this path, you know what it feels like on the inside of your body. Is this a conversation, if someone approached you, is this a conversation that you would be willing to have with someone who was struggling with their weight and felt like, listen, I'm doing all the things
1: and I I still am not seeing the change? Most definitely. (laughs) Anybody that knows me that has ever had any kind of interaction with me will tell you Without hesitation, I'll have that conversation. I work at the YMCA part time. I open a couple of days a week. Mm -hmm. One morning, I and I always speak to my members. I you know connect with them. I try to find out a little something about them to we where we can have conversations. What you know their journey is, why they're doing it, whatever the conversation may be. But I noticed this lady coming in one morning and pretty much as quick as she came in she left back out or she thought she was and I stopped her and I was like so what are we doing what did you just do because you literally just walked in and you're leaving already and she said yeah I just had surgery and they told me I pretty much just had to you know get to the gym and I didn't have to do anything just leave I said interesting I said, a doctor told you that, or is that what you took from the conversation? And she laughed. <laughs> I said, so let me be real personal and get in your business. What kind of surgery you have? Well, I just had the weight loss surgery. I said, Oh, okay. You have gastric bypass, or did you have the sleeve? And she looked, I said, Oh, me personally, I had the bypass in October. Mm. And she said, Oh, I said, So I'm gonna ask you again, which one did you have? So she told me, I said, okay. I said, so what they said to you was every hour for five minutes, an hour, you need to get up and move. Once you get to a spot where they release you, have they released you to do exercises yet? She said, yes. I said, oh, girl, (laughs) go back in there and walk around some more because you ain't done. Mm -hmm. They did not mean for you to walk into the gym and walk back out. No, that's not what they were saying to you. You have to move. I say if you don't move, your body is not going to heal. If your body does not heal the way that you want it to, the way that you need it to, this whole process is going to be more difficult for you than what you need it to be. I'm not telling you go in there and lift weights. I'm not telling you to go in there and get on a machine. I am saying go walk around the track a few times. And each week do a little bit more. I said, but you cannot approach this haphazardly. You're going to have to come to this with some, mm, with some drive, with Mm -hmm. some determination and with some focus. And she was like, yes, ma'am. I said, now I only work two days a week, but I can pull up your record at any given time to see how many times you've been coming. I expect (laughs) to see you here. And if I don't, I'll reach out to you. I didn't see her one week. Mm-hmm. I sent her an email. I said, so I'm just checking in. I'm off work, been off work a few weeks. I don't know if you've been there or not, but I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. Hopefully you've been going to work out and I look forward to hearing back from yeah. you. Accountability. And that's what it was. Accountability. Because that's important. Like, And people don't understand how important the accountability part is. And whereas I tell people all the time, you have to treat adults as if you treat children. You have to give them that positive reinforcement to get that positive feedback or to get that mm-hmm. positive reaction. So if I see you doing well, I see you putting in the work. Let's talk about it. Right. Let, I want you to know I see you. I see that you are doing something and that you are trying to do better for yourself. How can I help you?
0: I love that you take that approach and just let them know you're not alone. I'm here for no. you. I'm over here in a corner with glitter and pom-poms cheering you on. Now now about the I glitter. Wish, now see, I always <laughs> say the glitter because I got pink glitter and pom-poms. <laughs> To cheer you on because a lot of times with any type of weight loss that's more than 20, I'll even go up to 40 pounds. That's more than 40 pounds. What I've tended to find is that people do try to do a lot of stuff in private and then their dream is just to emerge transformed. No. Right. And I, I hear this question a lot when I ask people to just be honest. Tell me how you feel on the inside. No judgment. Just tell me how you feel on the inside. What do you want? And what they want is to magically make this transformation without anybody knowing and then emerge from the ashes like a phoenix and people to say, oh my goodness. And then to be really coy and naive, not naive, um coy and vague. That's the word. Coy and vague mm-hmm. about how it happened. Oh, it. I just, you know, I just stopped eating sugar and I ate vegetables <laughs> and- I don't eat red meat anymore. And I eat mostly fish and broccoli. Mm -hmm. Fish and broccoli. like I've heard this a billion times. And I realized that that was a trend. That was a thing. Like people really are ashamed about the process. You get two types of people. You either get a person that announces everything that they're doing, like usually on social media. I'm gonna go on this cleanse for like 30 days and y'all are gonna come along with me. And then like they stop posting videos after week one. Or week one, a couple oh, of days. A couple of days, right? <laughs> and it's like, what happened? They're like, okay, so obviously I did not stay on my water fast, y'all. You know, I had to have mm-hmm. whatever it is that they had to have. But I find those both of those approaches just as detrimental. The the incredible um, oversharing of intention, I'm putting this out in the world because I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this raw food diet for 30 days. I'm going to do this, this, that, and the other. I've, I always look at those things with a bit of caution. And I also look at the person who hides, who just <laughs> thinks that, oh, in like six months, I'm going to step out and everybody's going to be amazed. It has been my experience that neither approach is very effective. The most effective approach is to get a support team.
1: Yes. You can't do this
0: by yourself. It's okay. No. And it does not make you weak to ask for help. None of us Mm -hmm. did this by ourselves. I'll tell people in a heartbeat, oh, please. People are like, oh, you're so strong. I can't believe you did this by yourself. I didn't do this by myself. I had friends. I had family. I have a support system that keeps me accountable and that also lifts me up because the journey is not linear and it is not seamless. And there are some days where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is stupid. I'm just going to give up. Yep. (laughs) And you need somebody to say, uh, no, we're not just going to give up. Does this suck right now? Yes. Yes, it does. So what? But it won't always. Figure it out. Right. 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 It's temporary. Keep it, going. Keep it going. And having a support group, having a cheerleader, having a community, having a person that you know is going to not only hold your feet to the fire, but also lift you up in the times when you can't stand on your own is priceless i have found that that is the key to long sustain long-term sustainable choices it's easy for us to make a quick decision about three days right or Mm -hmm. a week or you know people will say two weeks or three weeks or 30 days or whatever but doing this turning this into a lifestyle completely different thing when i became vegan Completely different thing. I didn't have a support group. I did all the wrong things. I found out three years after the fact, oh, apparently all new vegans who don't know what the hell they're doing make these stupid ass decisions, right? (laughs) I made stupid decisions year one and year two because I didn't talk to anybody. I just was kind of trying this thing out on my own and I was watching YouTube videos and I was trying to follow doctors. I thought that that was the best thing to do. I followed a lot of doctors who were vegan because I figured, you know, medical. They didn't know I, what they
1: are talking about.
0: Right, medical expert, this is how you're supposed to do this. And while some of it was okay, some of it was not okay, which is why in 2021, and you know this, I <laughs> came up with severe B12 deficiency And I was paralyzed for three months because my nerves were like, okay, you are not feeding us. We are not making red blood cells. We haven't had red blood cells in like five years. And so now we're going to die. And that was because I wasn't listening to people who would say to me, listen, I know you don't like taking B12 because you got acne. Here's the best B12 supplement to take so that you don't get acne. Those were conversations I needed to have because I didn't supplement Because I didn't like what it did to my skin. I was like, screw that. I have been dealing with crappy skin for 40 years of my life, and i just got a clear face. And now you want me to take something that's going to give me a pimple? Absolutely not. Right? Let's talk about That wasn't even a conversation. Exactly. I refused to take that supplement on a regular basis. I would pop a B12 supplement like every six weeks, maybe. Get a little pimple, deal with it while about my life. But if, you t- if I took the, the supplements that, because again, don't understand what I'm supposed to be using, haven't talked to somebody who had more knowledge than I did. The B12 that I was taking, that particular synthetic blend, it causes severe acne because it causes the skin to thicken. I didn't know that there was an alternative. I had no oh. idea I could take a liquid, right? I've been taking pills. The liquid is much kinder to my body. So now that I understand that, because also when I became vegan, because didn't talk to anybody who had some sense, I was not a (laughs) processed food vegan, right? So processed vegan foods, a lot of them are fortified with B12. And I did not know that. I was like, nope, no processed foods. All I'm eating is broccoli and cauliflower. Natural. All natural. All natural. Brussels sprouts. I'm just drinking water. I'm not using any type of sugar, any type of sugar, like not even a date because sugar bad, right? Mm Because again, not educated um, and trying to do everything myself. I am 100% an example coming out of the gate of not having a community, not having a support system, not talking to vegans who are like, oh, okay, this is what you want to avoid. This is what you want to try. These are the things that work for me. Take what you need, leave what you don't. I didn't do any of that. And, and for me, it might not have been weight loss, but it was definitely letting go of animal products and animal byproducts. I had a pitfall and I paid for it with the use of my body, you know, five years into the game, which is a, which is a big deal. Not even five. Right. So you stop, it stopped making red blood cells after year three. So in year seven, what is this? 2022. God, I think we're old. This is 2023. No, no, no. No, She's like, no, no, no. no. no, no. (laughs) 2021 is when I lost the use and I was at seven years in 2021. And it was about a five year period when my hemoglobin levels just kept dropping. Because the thing about B12 supplements is that it's not, you don't have to take a lot. You take like five milligrams. So not a big deal. And it takes years for you to deplete years so how disrespectful was i to my body right because it takes years to deplete five years my body just depleted that was like and it was finally like okay we're not gonna work anymore good luck trying to move your arm good luck trying to walk because we're done so what a lesson in the value of community i, I love that you're for someone I love that you're there for 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 anyone who's just like I I want to I want to try this thing. I want to see how this works.
1: And what? it's crazy that the conversation how the conversations come about like is just crazy. <laughs> my always laughs at me and like you'll talk to anybody. I I will. <laughs> I, will, I, will I will. Next. You know, <laughs> one of my little cousins friends wanted me to know that she got engaged recently. So she told my cousin FaceTime Tanya, so I can tell her that I got engaged. Ask me how that conversation, that exciting moment for her, went from that to us discussing surgery options. Oh. And when I told Maya, I said so I told her if she ever wanna talk, she ever got questions, she can call you or she can call me. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I that call was about her getting engaged I talked to them and that's what we talked about I was like oh we talked about that too <laughs> <laughs> but then it went to going to the gym and it went to um, what exercise program do you like more do you like taking classes do you like working out on your own do you like weights do you like machine weights what do you like when you get to the gym and then it kind of went to what you're putting in your mouth I said, and from there it came out that my doctor said that I'm not a good candidate, although I'm diabetic and it would help my diabetes. She feels that because of my age and my lifestyle, I wouldn't be a good candidate. And Mm. I said, Oh, okay. I said, so let me ask you, what do you like more? Your lifestyle, you know, drinking, doing whatever else you're doing. Living. And she was like, What? I was like, Because you got to look beyond right now. If you make a change for your life, such as the surgery, your diabetes will become under control because you're not going to have a choice in what you put into your system. And the supplements and everything that you do to support that change is only going to improve where your diabetes falls at that point it's Mm -hmm. going to basically go away because you're giving your body everything you should have given it before now Mm. only now you're going to be forced to do it because you're going to need that to survive and she was like oh well we want to have a baby I was like right about that so you're going to get married when probably 2024 I said okay I was like, so after you have the surgery, they suggest that you don't get pregnant for two years following the surgery. Oh, that wow. allows your body time to heal, mm-hmm. to adjust instead of having that. Now you got a, something growing inside of you and further throwing your body out of whack and making you get bigger all over again. I was like, no, you allow yourself time to heal and then if you decide that you want to have a baby, then you you can go ahead and do that. They'll tell you that. And she was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I said, so with that in mind, now's the time for you to start thinking about whether or not you're going to have the surgery. If you're getting married in 2024, you've got a year where you could play, you know, housewife and be, you know, happy, happy I'm married and running around and stuff. And then maybe you could talk about getting pregnant. Because then you will have allowed yourself time to adjust to this change that you're making. Diabetes will be out the window because, you know, you're diabetic, you get pregnant. And then, hey, look at that. The diabetes gets worse. Mm-hmm. It's like, so is it really a bad idea? Is your doctor really telling you? I don't know. I don't have MD behind my name. But in my mind, if you're doing something to make yourself healthier, it's got to help. It shows like oh I was like but yeah if you want to talk to somebody closer to your age call Maya and talk to her I was like but she, honestly you know even with her she was hilarious like she had it and she'll probably kill me because I've now said her name and said that she had it and <laughs> forgive me we know that I tell people that what you do so it's okay um but when she had it the surgery she was horrible for the first few weeks horrible and I you know scratched my forehead and probably got 10,000 gray hairs worrying about how she was going to process this here's this 23 year old 22 23 year old who has just made a lifestyle change and she's actually approaching her one year anniversary this month Mm -hmm. and She likes to drink and she likes to party and she wants to go out and she wants to go out to eat. And how is she going to make this change? And like I said earlier, she did a lot of throwing up because she didn't want to listen. But I listened to her talk about a lady, as she saw on social media, that was wanting to lose 30 or 40 pounds. So she decided she was going to push smoothies. So, in her smoothie, she got um, Dan and peach and strawberry yogurts. She got all these different fruits. um, And I forgot what else Maya listed. But when she got finished telling me everything that this lady listed to put into these smoothies, she said, man, that's all sugar. Yeah. She literally is having a sugar smoothie. Uh Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. You pay attention to that stuff. You're now? listening, yeah. And she said, "Of course I do. I don't want to get sick." She said, "Just like you know, I have to take that um, acid reflux pill every day if I'm if I don't want to get sick." So it got to the point where she never she didn't have acid reflux prior to the surgery. So is there stuff that could be bad that happens? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now she takes um, a daily. So she gets it regardless of what she eats? Yes. There okay. are certain things that act, that trigger it more than others. Mm-hmm. But and if she knows that she's not going to have anything that really triggers it, she may not take one. But you can hear her body doing stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> her body is just like, listen, I don't <laughs> like this. So active <laughs> right. can be a side effect of the surgery. It can be, it can be. For okay. some people, it kind of goes away. For other people, it can be long term. And I knew that going in, and I was like, okay, let's see what happens. But I haven't had that problem. But her, oh my God. You know, if, if it's some kind of tomato base, she's like yeah, hey, probably should take a peel. I mean, you probably should. She can sit on the other side of my desk. I can be working. And all of a sudden I hear like a little gurgling noise coming from her. Mm. And I'm like, your body's making noise. You're, you, you need to tone your body down, give it a peel, calm it down. Cause I can literally hear her body talking back to her. Mm, okay. So, I mean, yes, that would be to me. A turnoff, but at the same time, here's this 23 year old like rediscovering herself and mm-hmm. so super excited and happy with who she is. Oh, I love that! So happy, and I, I, I it that. just is watching her is like okay, you know. Now she sends a picture every time that she goes to work in the oh, mirror, a mirror selfie right
0: <laughs> i love that that makes me happy it's it's a it's a touchy subject to mm-hmm. talk about loving yourself or rediscovering yourself as a result of seeing weight shed but your experience is your experience right, right? and the way that you feel is valid no one can take that from you I, like i said earlier, it's your body. You have to live in it. So Mm -hmm. you deserve to live in it in a way that makes you happy. And if that means getting gastric bypass or getting the sleeve or doing whatever, it's your body. You have to live in it. (laughs) Be happy with your body. It's beautiful to see both of you at different ages and different stages in your lives walking through this journey not only together but also from the inside out within yourselves like you said mm-hmm. by the mirror and you're like oh hey <laughs> look at you where's my phone
1: <laughs> right
0: i love that for you because at our age sometimes we forget that sometimes, yes oh you cute okay <laughs> yes the <agreed. laughs> Especially since I can only speak for myself because I know I, I don't have a problem saying that I'm a little older and I'm a, and <laughs> a girl, right? Learning how to move in a digital space was very new to me. So we didn't grow up in social media. Right. We didn't grow up. We're, we were on display on anything other than a camera where you had to take the film to the store to get developed.
1: Yes.
0: Right? Now yes. it's instant gratification. So for Maya, it's like, oh, take a picture, post it, done. For us, mm-hmm. it was like, hey, this door. remember that hour processing?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. If you were lucky. If yes. you, were lucky,
0: you got to finish back an hour or two. You thought you were doing something. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so
0: I, I love to see both generations going through something around the same time. And if I haven't said it enough, I'm so proud of you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your being here literally every step of the way Mm. (laughs) and before (laughs) and before I (laughs) appreciate it I appreciate it appreciate it appreciate it thank you so much and thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about it because that has truly been something that I've been wanting to do but wasn't really sure how to do it so I appreciate all of this Thank you for
0: stepping up and for your courage, because this is not a comfortable subject for a lot of people.
1: This is, and it should be. It should be. Right. It should be.
0: But it can it can lead to discomfort and sometimes shame, because, as you mentioned earlier, people will suggest
1: that you're just taking the easy route. And cut those people off. <laughs> Eliminate them from your life. They are not a part of your healthy growth from this point. If they are telling you you took an easy way out, and they're not stopping to listen and understand and take it in, you don't need that energy in your life. I said it. I'm sorry. I'll take it back. <laughs> I said I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I said and I meant it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do not apologize for your
0: greatness. <laughs> <laughs> you said what you said. Say it with your chest.
1: <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, like seriously. I mean, this is a time to make yourself grow and be great. Be greater than you were before, and not at anybody else's voice, their words. That no,
0: make yourself. Establish that it's never too late.
1: No, no, never, never, never. You as long as you're alive and breathing and up and walking and moving around and of yourself of your senses, I think that you if you are a candidate medically, you should definitely consider if that's your choice. Mm -hmm. If that works for you. And keep in mind, I said it before. It's literally a catalyst to jumpstart. It's, it's not the end. Not the end all to be all and everything. It's only a jumpstart to your weight loss. Mm. It's up to you where you go from there. I love that,
0: Tanya. You have yes, said ma'am. a whole word. Thank you so much for telling your story. Thank you for sharing and for being open and honest. Maya's going to kill you for telling her business.
1: Man. <laughs> yeah. I might have to come to California. Y'all got a spare room. <laughs> <laughs> go,
0: go fluff up the guest room. Tanya got to run away from home.
1: Right, I, I might have to there. run away. <laughs> But thank you again for giving me the avenue, the opportunity and the time, your time to do this. So I appreciate you more than you know.
0: A hundred percent. Thank you so much for being here, Tanya. If you ever want to reach out, you know where to find me. And yes. if you ever have any ideas or suggestions, um, not just with gastric bypass, but also with dealing with the changes that happen in your body around this age as you traverse this health and wellness girl that's that's a whole <laughs> episode okay you talk about your body being like and now we're not making babies anymore <laughs> all right <laughs> oh
1: wait is it hot in here to you too
0: what <laughs> all of a sudden you start sweating like wait a minute what
1: <laughs> wait man as you see we have issues okay <laughs> But it is
0: all love. And I appreciate yes. the honesty.
1: I appreciate the
0: honesty. No airs, you know. Yes. No assumptions. Just this is who I am and this is how I feel. That in itself is a powerful thing. So thank you. Talking about body image, weight loss, and truly loving yourself is not an easy thing. Actually going through it in real time can be even tougher we continue to endeavor to shed light on topics of health and wellness from a real and relatable place. Remember that your journey is yours. Take what you need, leave what you don't, and always try to do what's right for you and your environment. We hope you found this information helpful. And if you'd like to learn more about healthy living, please download the latest issue of Habibi Life magazine, you can find it on Habibibody.com, HabibibodySport.com, and HabibiLife.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next
1: episode.